Napoleon's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert, that my heart is receptive, that my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep, especially today. Okay, thank you. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your awesome presence. We thank you for being such a good, good father. We thank you for always making a way. Lord, we thank you right now for the word that's about to come forth. And I ask that you just remove me from this stage. And God, you just say what you want to say, God. We submit to your will. We submit to your way. And we love you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say something good is going to happen today. Amen. You may have your seat. You may have your seat. Word of truth. First and foremost, let me tell you something. I am loving Texas. I am loving you all, though. I'm loving the church, and I'm bumping to some of you all out and about, and I don't know your name, so be patient with me, but um, I'm loving the love that's inside of this house, and truthfully, I've never been in a church like this, and I really love the love that's in here. Today, I have been tasked to talk to the singles. How many singles do we have in here? Make some noise. Thank you so much, because normally when you talk to singles, you sound depressed. It's like, it's the singles in church that sound depressed. Now, when you talk to the singles in the world, I mean, now they happy. Because <laughs> they don't have any boundaries, no to-do list, no, I can't do this, I can't do that. But it's always in the church, normally we find um, singles feel a little bit differently. But today I want to ask a question, and it's going to be the name of my, um, my message. But the question is, are you living single or are you dying alone? Because many times we don't know the difference between the two. See, being single doesn't necessarily mean you are alone. But if you have the wrong perspective and the wrong actions, you may be living one of them and not even knowing it. So today I want to talk about that. There are two types of singles in this world. Those are the people who are living a single life. Somebody say living. Living a single life. And then there are those who are dying, say dying, while being alone or what we call single. The way you can tell the difference between these two will always be found with their perspectives and their actions. Notice I did not say perspectives or actions. It will always be found within their perspectives and actions. So if you're writing, I want to give you some practical, practical ways you can determine whether or not you are dying alone. So here are some signs that you are dying alone. Number one, when you find total satisfaction in carnal things. I'm going to say it again. When you find total satisfaction in carnal things, those people sound like this. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, I just bought this new house. 
I got this new car. Man, God is just so good because, listen, you know what I was driving last week. I didn't ask you what you were driving, ma'am, sir. I asked you how you were doing, but you find your satisfaction in carnal things. I'll tell you another way you'll find it. You'll be so much into a place where you're not feeling good that day. And so you just start going to the mall and start spending all of your money. Because now there's a hole on the inside of your heart, but you're finding your comfort. You're finding gratification and satisfaction all into the carnal things. And when the enemy gets you into that place where you are finding total satisfaction in carnal things, it would lead you into places that you don't want to go. Number two, when you are searching for love. Now, we always hear this term, you know, you're searching for love in. But why is it that we know this statement, but yet every time we fall into a situation where we're still searching? You know this statement, but why is the search still going? Why is there an odyssey of love? Why are you on this road, this long, hard road when God didn't even call you on this road? You're trying to find a compliment somewhere. So you're always on social media. You have to take 150 pictures to post one. And you have to go through 150 filters. You have just wasted 15 minutes of your life to make one post, and that's not good enough. Now you have to go back and check who liked it. I'll see some of y'all guilty right now. Y'all don't want to say nothing. Who liked it? Who didn't like it? Oh, they hating on me. See, they knew that outfit was good. And that is the classy person on Instagram. The person who don't care takes a million selfies in the same outfit. Listen, there's a rule. You only can do one a day. We only want to see your outfit one time. But social media has caused us to now search for love. And now we're actually on the Internet not to just be social, not to just put your kids picture up. Not to just say, oh, I'm having a great day. No, you are searching for the hearts. You're searching for the clicks. You're searching for the lights. And that is a sign that you are dying on the inside. Because when you need the confirmation and the affirmation of others, there's a hole on the inside of you. And that is not the will of God. Number three. I love this one. When you have wavering. Somebody say wavering. When you have wavering standards, now I really want to take a little time to deal with this, because here we are. We are so good at this. I guarantee you, every one of us have done this one. You have standards and you walk around and you pride yourself in those standards. You know, a man has to look like this, has to have this. And a woman, y'all fellas, y'all know how we are. A woman has to have this kind of body and. You know, she has to have this type of hair, and I don't date women that with that type of hair. And Okay, whatever. So watch this. We have these standards until, somebody say until. Oh, until you meet the one that makes you lower them standards. See, you was abstinent mm, with Johnny because Johnny was, you know, he, his swag wasn't good. Um, he was... He was broke Johnny, swagless Johnny. I just love Jesus Johnny, missing a tooth on the side Johnny. And see, 
It's easy to walk away from Johnny when he broke, lazy, and, you know, he just loved the Lord. But when that joker came in smelling good and he was looking fresh and he started telling you things that no one else had ever told you, them standards start having shaky legs and they start saying, um... At one time, you didn't let people come over your house past 10 o'clock. Now, all of a sudden, it's 12 o'clock because it ain't no longer... Oh, y'all ain't helping me. Because them... (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how we can have high standards and strong standards when it comes to a person that's not attractive? And because you are dying on the inside, you're you're looking for love. You're searching for it in carnal things. And now the enemy has sent the right woman to your house, brother. Jesus, help us, Father. All the men just say, help me, Lord. Watch this. (laughs) I love this verse in Proverbs. Watch this. Proverbs 27 and 7 says, The full soul loatheth and honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. Now watch this. In other words, a full person can refuse the honeycomb. A full person can look at a good thing and refuse it because it's not a God thing. I'll say it again. See, a full person can look at a good thing and refuse it because it's not a God thing. And this is what happens when you are not full. Now, I love this verse too because it says a full soul... Watch this. It refuses even something that's actually sweet. See, sometimes in singles, you know, in, in the churches, we always act like sex is so bad and, and it ain't good. And But we all here. Somebody say it's sweet. It's just not sweet to my savior when it's outside of marriage. Let's not lie about it. But a full soul can look at all of these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful word of truth women and say, I don't want you. Because I am full on something that's greater. I am full of him. I'm full of the word. Now, if you're not full, which means you are empty or hungry, and when you become Hungry, today's terminology, thirsty. There you go. Y'all got it. (laughs) Oh, Lord, we love to use this term, but I notice the people that use it are the ones that. Are you using this statement and actually talking about yourself? I remember sometimes when I used to use it and I didn't realize that I was the thirsty one. But watch this, a thirsty soul, a hungry soul will now look at bitter things and call it sweet. Oh, I bet if you go down the timeline of who you dated in your past, you'll start looking back and saying, now, how did I stay with that person who cut me down so long? Why? You'll find yourself making excuses for their behavior. He only slaps me when he's drunk. There's a hunger on the inside of you 
that looks at the bitter situation, but finds a way. Somebody say finds a way to make it sweet. You see, I, the only reason why I'm with him is because he's my baby um, father. And I don't want to add another number to my list. So I'm just going to make it work a little bit, a little bit longer. Oh, the only reason why I'm still with her is because she's the mother of my child and I just really don't want to pay this money. So I'm going to make this. Bi- I hit something right there. I want to ask yourself, have you allowed bitter things to come into your life? And you psych yourself out. You deceive your own self and call those things sweet. Mm, I'll move on. Number four, when you are emotionally driven. Oh, Lord. Can I go there? See, here's the thing. When you allow your emotions to drive you, you're bound to get into an accident. A head-on collision with Satan himself. Now, here's the thing, men, because society tells us that we don't have emotions, but that's a lie. We all have emotions, but the trick is don't let the emotions have you. See, the truth, we all have urges. Somebody say urges. If you don't, um, come let pastor pray for you. This is uncensored, right? Because you're going to need them urges when you say I do. So God, don't take it away. No, no, don't, don't, don't take it away. Don't take it away. Just show me how to control. Show me how to control myself. Show me how to be so submitted to you that when the urge come, I submit the urge to you. Uh, See, so many times we submit ourselves, but we don't submit the urge. And therefore, we start making excuses for our failures. I'm just a man and, you know, uh, you don't know what them people up there doing. So I'm a man just like you and I have fleshly desires just like you. And then you end up submitting to the thing or the sin. But when you're emotionally driven, the enemy can throw just what you need. Now, let me show you this. I have never, me personally, I have never had an ugly woman approach me. I'm just going to be honest with you. I ain't had no ugly woman approach me. Because the devil already knows that ain't going to work. Now, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but I need you to understand something. To me, he knew what to send to me. Because if he, he ain't going to send no man my way. Because there is no temptation where my emotions are not connected to. But when he sends the right thing. Whew, y'all not going to help me. See, when your emotions start talking to you. And listen, this ain't just for young people because I have learned that even older people, come on somebody, older people still have them emotions. You may not have as many candidates now, but. But the lack of candidates don't necessarily disqualify the abundance of emotions. (laughs) I might need to move past that, Pastor Che. Ah, I'm going to let that one go. <laughs> number five, number five. When being single for good reasons, somebody say good reasons. This is really found in the church. But with the wrong attitude. Oh, you'll find them in church. I'm single because I just want Jesus. 
I ain't worried about no man. Listen, no man can't do nothing for me. You hear me? Because I'm telling you, they, you don't know nothing about these, these Christian men. They, some of them are the worst ones. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, you was just talking about a good reason. You're being single for God, for ministry. And if that is solely what you are called to do, I give you a round of applause. That's awesome. But you're dying on the inside when it is connected to a negative attitude. See, God didn't call you into ministry with a negative attitude. Because how can you pray for what you hate? Uh, Jesus. How can you lead somebody to Christ when they, too, they remind you too much of the person who broke your heart? So now when it's time to quote a scripture to them, you don't even know the right words to say because you're only thinking about the person who broke you. And now you're doing a good thing with the wrong attitude. This kind of leads me over into um, the passage with Mary and Martha. Over in Luke 10, 38. I'm going to read it to you. It says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat, somebody say sat, at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. Oh, but Martha. Oh, but big Martha. (laughs) Oh, big Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Look at her, just tattletelling. Oh, I can't stand them type of Christians. I don't like them type of But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. You see, Martha found herself doing a good thing, but she was doing a good thing with the wrong attitude. I want to ask you a question, and it might step on your toes. Are you serving publicly in order to suppress what you are dealing with privately? I'm going to say it again, because some of y'all couldn't say mm or nothing, because it just hit you real hard. You know, it's it's that whooping when your mama hit you, and it took all your sound out, like... So I'm going to let you get that delayed response on that. Are you serving publicly in order to suppress what you are dealing with privately? Okay, so the word serve here really means to minister. Let's take it up another notch. So are you really ministering publicly in order to mask what you're dealing with privately? Because that's what happens. We get very religious in church. And we use our antics and the right um, phrases and we know things of how to say things to make people think we're extra deep. And we're really privately dealing with some things. Are you serving in church to get goody points? And when the pastors don't say good job, you. Ooh, I got quiet. Jesus, Pastor, that might be my last time speaking up here today. I might as well get it in. I might as well get it in, huh? Are you ministering publicly, telling people about Jesus to suppress or to mask what you're really dealing with inwardly? Because here you'll know why you're dying alone. When everybody else at the church walks away fulfilled and you walk away, 
There is something decomposing on the inside of you. There is something rottening on the inside of you. And if you don't work on getting that thing filled, I'm telling you, there's disaster. Now watch this. The woman at the well. I want to deal with this. Um, turn to John 4, 13 through 18. I'm going to read it to you. I'll be coming out of the, the NLT. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become, what's that word? Thirsty again. But those who drink water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Go get your husband, he said. And I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus says, you're right. Now, I really find that kind of funny. But I'm not going to go there. I'm going to stay focused. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one that you are with right now, I'm going to paraphrase it, he he ain't your husband either. You certainly spoke the truth. (laughs) When I hear this story, every time I just laugh, because I'm just like, Jesus, you just be calling folks out. (laughs) Just be calling folks out. Now, here's the thing. She really thought she was married. She really thought she was married. She, she, she thought she was married and found out that she was actually single. And not just single, but dying. There was such discontentment on the inside of her that it led her to not one husband. Because that husband couldn't feel it. So she dipped on that one. And then it led her to the next husband. And he couldn't do it either. And it led her to the next. And the next. And the next. To the point where she just got tired. And she said, you know, I'm just going to stick with this one right here. You know what? I'm just, they all crazy anyway. So you know what? I'm just going to deal with this crazy one right here. And we, I ain't going no more. And she found herself thirsty in a divine place. See, the well was a great well. It almost reminds me of a place like church. Hmm. Today we would probably call that well the church. I'll just paraphrase that. So in church, this woman came to the well or the church looking for water. I wonder how many people in here are parched right now in their spirit. And when you leave here, you'll always know you're parched because the first person you text or the first text that you send or the person you call or what about in the midnight hour when you're really lonely and Netflix just ain't good enough. You have to put the chill with the Netflix and it just is it just y'all not going to help me. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So now. So now she found out that she was dying alone and she says, you spoke truth. You spoke truth for the first time she encountered truth. Now watch this. Her peers saw a woman who was a whore. But Jesus saw a woman who wasn't whole. I come to free somebody today because I want to say this. And I'm not saying this for a punchline, but I want to let you know something. See, the world called you a whore. But the truth of the matter was you probably did some whorish things, men and women. We probably all have done some whorish things, but we did them because we weren't whole. See, there's a difference. 
you did the situation. You did whatever it was. And those things were true because everybody ain't lying on you when they start talking about your past. Everything ain't a lie when they start talking about you. Some stuff was true. I got about 25 percent. Amen. But that's all right. That's all right. Some of this stuff was true. But the thing was, why did I do it? Why did I sleep with that woman on a one night stand? What could have caused me to lower my standards to the point where I once was strong, but now I became weak? Why do I entertain people that don't even have anything good to offer me? Let's go on an intellectual base. See, I need somebody who can feed my mind as well. Uh, See, if you can't feed the mind, you just get thee behind me, Satan. Because looks and beauty is going to fade away. I need to know that you are connected and you are growing. Somebody shout growing. Growing. But watch this. When it comes down to that part of being single, you notice you don't even care. Okay. Pastor Che, you praying for me? Uh, In the process of the fall, nobody cares how many stories they're dropping. But once they meet their destination... Every thought comes back to your mind. Lord, I, I hope I'm not pregnant. Jesus, oh God, could this really be the father of my baby? Lord, why did I sleep with this woman? Oh God, Jesus. Oh God, I hope I don't have an STD. Why is it that all the logical thoughts come after you've reached your destination? Y'all not going to help me. Woo. But what if I said that? That's a sign that there's discontentment on the inside. And truthfully, the world may have called you a whore at one point. But I come to tell you, when you meet the truth, the truth will say, no, you're not a whore. It's just that you're not whole. And whenever you get whole, whenever you find God on the inside of you, it would lead you from places. It would lead you out of the bed of fornication and it would take you into the presence of God. And that's the thing right there. Another thing about this passage that really blessed me was that we never talk about the men. Oh, women, y'all thought I was just going to really get on y'all. No, I ain't like that. I ain't like that. Our pastor ain't like that. So watch this. It takes a broken man to keep sleeping with a broken woman. I want all the brothers to really think about it. You are too whole. You are too much man to take advantage of something so weak. I'm too whole to find you at your weakest moment and and take advantage of you. If anything, I want to lead you to God. Let him build you up. You ain't ready to date yet, like Pastor said last week. Just come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Keep coming to church, keep coming to church. And once we have built you up, once you have got connected to the Father, now we can start talking about dating. Y'all got that? But it takes a broken man to sleep with her after one husband, after two husbands, after three husbands. I'm number four. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's too many of them right here, which shows a sign that they were even broken on the inside. Hmm. But here's where I really want to come to. This broken woman met the truth. And if Jesus is living on the inside of you, then you should be full. Okay, so now I want to deal with signs of living. So she met the truth and the truth spoke to her. It spoke into her and the truth went inside of her and caused transformation. 
cause her to be changed. And now I want to deal with the signs that a person is living the single life. What is the living part? Why am I saying living? Many people have put their lives on hold waiting on a mate. Hmm. You're dying being by yourself versus continuing living. Now, I find it strange that she was found at a well, which says that she's pulling up water. And one of the symbols for water is life. She was at a place trying to draw out life and met the truth, which was Jesus. And Jesus said, now, if you drink of me, I'll fill that hole. I'll fill the void in your life. And you won't have to be a whore anymore. You won't have to worry about going back into that town and people laughing at you and talking about you. You can finally start living, living from the condemnation that you refuse to forgive yourself. I want to pause right here because some of us don't even forgive ourselves because of the decisions that we've made. And you come in here, you may shout, lift your hands up, but you still have not forgiven yourself over the mistakes of your past. Perhaps because you're reminded of your mistakes every day when they go to school. And the enemy is making you look at a child as a mistake. But I come to tell you, that's not the case. That's not the case. So watch this. Signs that a person is living a single life. A person who is living, somebody who has drunk the the living water. The number one is contentment. Now, this type of contentment is good. Because some people will call it arrogance. Oh, yeah. Some people will call this type of contentment arrogance. See, you have you are so content within yourself. You're not even thinking about no one else. You're at a place where it's just you and God, but it doesn't come coupled with a negative attitude. Are we do we have any content people in the building today? They're saying, you know, what? I'm not really dealing with that sex issue no more. I'm pretty cool. Because there is a place in God where you can get to where sexual temptation is no longer the problem that the enemy is trying to hit you with. Somebody say, when you grow up, you grow out of those things. So I want to talk to those singles right now who are content. You are content with being alone by yourself and understanding that God is everything that you need. Number two, they are purpose driven and vision minded. I really want to deal with this one. You'll know that you are living when you have a purpose and you are vision minded. I see people right now. They don't know why they're here. And when you don't know why you're here, you'll stumble across somebody to tell you why you're here. But when you are full, like that scripture in Proverbs says, you refuse the honeycomb because you understand I'm already good. Somebody say I'm already good. They're purpose-minded and vision-minded. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Number three, possessing love. I want to talk about this one because many of us are still searching for love, but those who are actually living, living um, a single life, they understand they already have it. So I don't need your compliment. I don't know why I keep coming back to that because some of y'all need that. I feel it in my spirit. Some of y'all need that compliment. And God says, today I want to feel you to the point where you no longer need the affirmation of others. Possess the love. Why? Because when you connect with your lover, you have to give love. Love is not about receiving. Love is all about 
giving. I come, I come to tell you this. I found out the most about love by loving the wrong person. I'm going to say it again. I learned the most about love when I loved the wrong person. Because I didn't love them from the emotional place. I didn't love them from just the brotherly and sisterly place. I loved them even when they cussed me out. I still loved them. Did I stay? No, I had to leave them. Yeah. Which now frees you, says you can love and leave. See, I just freed somebody right there. See, because that emotional connection makes you want to stay in a bad situation. But I love you, but I don't have to stay with you. You can get out. I think about this. God, he loved Adam and Eve. He loved them. He loved them with all his heart. They were made in his image. But guess what? When they sinned, he said, you got to go. Uh, I'm going to let that one go. Number four, being spirit led. Being spirit led. Sometimes we don't. I love this right here because sometimes we think we have to hear God's voice audibly. And God is going to scream no when we go into the right, um, when we meet this girl or meet this guy. God's going to have this big old sign, no, run. (laughs) And if you're thinking that God is going to talk to you that way, you're going to always end up in the wrong situation. But God always gives us those clues. He always gives us those nudges in your spirit. And if you learn how to follow that nudge. See, I always get leery when people say, I heard the voice of God. I'm like, did you really? Because do you even know how to hear his voice? But when you know how to hear his voice, you'll understand there was a nudge in your spirit that will literally tell you, "Uh uh-uh, this ain't good. I'm about to tell you a story. And I told pastor, this is the only person I told this to. Um, up here, I was in a situation where I had left God and I wasn't really living the Christian life that I was supposed to be living at that moment. I left God and I just started doing my own thing for my own personal reasons. But God was still speaking to me, although I was really out of fellowship. And I found that I found that strange because when I tell you the story, you're going to understand he was really talking to me. I would be in places and God would say, leave. I would just get this nasty feeling like "Mm, I just need to go. You know what? I'm about to go. Okay, so this woman, she was so beautiful. Oh, my God, fellas, fellas. <laughs> fellas, Kim Kardashian, uh, she would give her a run for her money. She was just, she was bad. I mean, bad. <laughs> I don't want to think about it too much. Let me go. Anyway, <laughs> she was so bad, and she was coming on to me, and she was just saying this and saying that, and da 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 And it was like, oh, my God. So I'm just talking to this girl. I'm texting, and we talking, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, come on over. And I'm like, oh. Right, I'm coming on over. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my flesh is in 1,000. I'm talking about it's just driving. It's hitting curves. It's like, yes, sir. It's going down. Thank you, Jesus. Don't act like y'all never did that. (laughs) So then I pull up, pull up. I go in, I go in, and everything's good. And it's like, you're almost out there. And it's like, God, God, I feel them. I felt him. Like, God, why you had to talk now? No. Why you didn't talk when it was just uh, Quisha? God, why? Is it, it was Quisha. You let Quisha go down. You didn't stop me on Quisha, God. You didn't stop me on Mary, God. Why are you going to stop me now? Don't stop me now, God. Well, I felt it in my spirit. God says, absolutely not. I mean, it was like a wrecking ball hit me like, boom. No. 
in my sinful state, I heard the no. And because I was spirit led, I walked away from something that most men couldn't walk away from. I said, I can't do this. I just walked away. Oh, I beat myself up in that car. <laughs> Y'all, I asked myself, I said, God, I said, do I really hear from God? Because uh, <laughs> why in the world? So I was working at um, the medical center back at home, and I was doing the surgical tech position, and so we have to clean up rooms. And sometimes we'll go in while they're having surgeries and stuff like that. So then there was this one particular room they made me put on a special suit. And I started having to put on this special suit, and I was like, okay, I had to put the mask on and all that kind of stuff. And Okay, cool. And normally when you do that, it's for eight victims. So I'm putting my suit on, and I walk in the door. Voila! See, the Spirit of God was leading me from something that was about to destroy me. And when we are so wrapped up and empty, the enemy is trying to kill you. It's not just one night. I'm going to say it again. It's not just one night. It's not just one girl. It's not just another guy. The enemy is coming after you because you have purpose. The enemy is coming after you because there's a call on your life and he wants to steal Kill. Woo. Somebody say, be spirit led. That leads me to lead us not into temptation, but God deliver us. Woo. See, God is going to speak to you this week and you have to have your ear open to him. It may not say run, but you're going to feel it in your spirit. And number five, I'm closing. Has godly standards. Signs that you are living the single life is when you have godly standards. In this world, you're going to have many motivational people and they're going to come with great quotes. I like to write on Facebook too. But all great quotes aren't always, um, ain't always God quotes. So you want to make sure that the standard is not coming from a good man, it's coming from a God man. It's not coming from a good woman, it's coming from a godly woman. And those standards never fail. The woman at the well encountered Jesus and her life was never the same again. Today I want to ask you a question. Are you living single? Are you really living the ultimate Christian life? Are you really living in Christ? Are you really living? Are you happy? I'm not talking about that happiness that we put on with a mask and we wear it whenever we get around religious people. I want to ask some of the married people that came in here, are you really happy? Are you living? Are you living? Or are you dying alone? Right now, close your eyes if you don't mind. I believe that this message came in the nick of time for someone. Just feel it in my spirit. God says, the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that you could have life. 
And that life, it comes in abundance. It's not predicated upon some person or place or thing. It's not waiting for some type of affirmation. That life comes with the life that holds you in the midnight hour. It comes with the life that is so good with being a single father, a single mother. It comes with the life of saying, God, I just want you. Nothing else in this world satisfies me like you, God. Right now, if you may have heard this message and said, you know what, Pastor Napoleon, I, I actually realize that I'm dying alone. I'm dying alone. I want you to lift your hands right now. All eyes closed. It's okay, I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm dying alone. I didn't even realize it before today. I didn't even realize that I wasn't living the ultimate life, that I wasn't living the Christian life that God called me to live. You can put your hands down. You will never experience life until you fully accept God into your life for real. So if there's anyone in here who may say, you know what, I've never given my life to Christ. I didn't even know what you was talking about, Pastor. I want you to lift your hands up and say, if you want to give your life to Christ today, lift up your hand in this place. We have one over there. Thank you for